All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. It's Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Time for Sci-Fi Distilled. Welcome back, Mary Beth. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good as well as it can be expected. Um, yeah, we had a little weather today, so, you know, kind of stayed inside. You're supposed to start. I don't know, rain. I don't know. I just... But, so, we are continuing our month or whatever of classic sci-fi films. Started out yes. with Metropolis. Now we are up to... The Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951, yes. the classic, famous line, Klaatu Barata Nikto, uh, I think has been used <laughs> and, over and, and because over, I'm over a, again. Just, and because I'm a glutton for punishment, I not only watched 1951, but I also watched 2008. I've never seen the Tom Cruise version. You, it's, it's not Tom, Tom it's, it's Keanu. It's Tom, Keanu Reeves, right. I'm sorry. I you, you don't, uh, I, it's, it's one of these, I watch it so you don't have to, and my review is. You don't, don't have, have to. Yeah, no, Tom Cruise did uh, War of the Worlds, right? He did do War that of the Worlds. That's where my confusion was. So, yeah, so no, I didn't. I did not watch it um, because I didn't think this movie didn't really need to be remade, in my opinion. It probably it's, didn't. It's classic in its own form. Um, but before we get to that, I assume you have news. I have five pieces of news for us tonight. Piece number one is very sad. Uh, Gary Graham has passed at age 73. Uh, Gary was best known for playing, I think a lot of people know him best for playing Detective Matthew Sykes in Alien Nation. But uh, those of us who are Star Trek fans knew him as Soval, that the Vulcan ambassador in Enterprise. Uh, he also did a guest star on Voyager. And um, he was no stranger to the fan film world either, playing Ragnar in Of Gods of Men and uh, also in Renegades. And he was also played Saval in That Which Shall Not Be Named. Uh, and also, I don't know if you remember uh, Rizzo. Robert, uh, uh, Robert Burnett there, uh, my, uh, he actually did direct that and, and we're, we're not mad at Rob anymore. So No, we are not <laughs> mad at Robert at all. We are not. But I, I don't know if I should name it. Or we all know what we're talking about. So <laughs> you guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know if you remember, Rizzo, when uh, we went to Vegas in 2018. He was there, yeah. It, his, he was there. His band, Sons of Kirk, was there. And they were playing. And they were They're very fantastic. Good. Yeah. yeah so that is a... I, got, I did talk to... as the only time I met Gary... Um, and I was, I did talk to him for a while. He's a little bit of a wise ass, but he, he was a nice, yeah. guy. <laughs> but yeah, they were a very talented band. They were, they were quite, Oh yeah. The band was rocking musician as well as actor. So very oh, sad. I too young at 73 these days. That's too young. Um, way too young. It was, sudden, it was a party. Were, I assume obviously had some, must've had some health issues. So, uh, it was described as sudden and unexpected. I, we, it was cardiac arrest. So mm, that's okay. sad. Okay. Uh, news item number two: uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch season three will begin with a three-episode premiere. The final mm -hmm. season. The final season. Is it the final season? That's well, sad. I really that. like the Bad Batch. That's what that's Disney's advertising it as. Yes. Final oh, season. are they really? I wonder why. Anyway, this will happen February 21. Uh, last season, they killed off Tech, and I was not very happy with them at all. This season, they're going, supposedly, rumor has it, they're bringing back Asajj Ventress, which is pretty interesting because at their point in the timeline, she's dead. So we'll we'll see how that all works out. Um, I News item number three. Uh, have you ever wondered what happened to Worf's son, Alexander? 
or about Klingons in general, uh, Den of Geek reports that our friends, the Trek Geeks, recently held their third Trek Talks Marathon. They raised $110,000 for the Hollywood Food Coalition. And among their many, many stars, their star-studded guests was Terry Metalis. And in the course of the conversation, Terry was saying that if he ever did get to do Legacy, he wanted to explore Klingons a bit further. He did clarify and made it very clear that there's no official talks, the series is not in production, nothing is happening, but he had potential ideas. And one of them was about uh, the development of the Klingon empire. And, 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 if, and if in there we find out what happened to Alexander, that would be great too. I don't know, Rizzo, what do you think? I think in Terry's hands, this could be cool. Yeah, I think I think if anybody could pull it off, probably Terry could. Um, you know, we again, you need somebody who understands Star Trek, is a fan of Star Trek, uh, and understands its history. I think is the important part. I agree, and um, and I agree, and that's the important part, and that's why it's okay to like go back to the Klingons again. Like, I don't necessarily need a new a new baddie. I'm okay going back there again. So eh, we'll see. Yeah, well, I don't know if he said. Well, he said. Yeah, I don't know if he's good. Legacy would mean to bring them back as well. We've already seen them kind of when during DS9, during that whole there was a back and forth yes. already there, yes. so that you know, with Galron and all that. So, you know, yeah, you could probably do it. I don't know, I don't have a problem with them exploring more Klingon stuff. I guess I don't really want them to become another the evil that you know let's retcon them and like they did the gore yeah i completely agree. <laughs> they have they have so much history already that that backfired badly with discovery the backlash that them changing just the look of the klingons was oh god yes yes that they felt that they literally back they changed it that in, in strange it was a strange no 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 it was oh, picard discovery. that they changed it no, Discovery had the new Klingons. And yes, so Discovery had the new Klingons, and then they got so much backlash that in either Stranger no, Wars or Picard, and I think it was Picard, that they, they started... Them, even in Discovery, they brought them back closer to TNG Klingons. To where they were, yeah. Yeah, because they said, oh, they well, didn't have any hair because it was war or something, they cut their hair, that's why. But now the war's over, so their hair's back. And they're going to grow the hair again, yeah. Like, yeah, so it's stuff like that. Uh, well, news item that. number, yeah. News item number four. This is real life news. Uh, in real life news, Japan has become the fifth country to land on the moon successfully. Described as the most precise moon landing ever, their unmanned craft pioneered a new image-based automatic navigation system. Uh, unfortunately, the spacecraft only worked on the lunar surface for a few hours because their solar panels weren't or their solar cells weren't generating electricity. They're not sure what happened, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Every single thing we do helps take us closer and closer and closer to actually getting to Mars and truly exploring like deep space. Right. It makes so every, it closer every, to a reality. Every failure is something we learn something. It's still so, something we learn. So I, I'm going to say, Omedeto gozaimasu. Yes, exactly. I'm going to say, Yoko de Kimashita and Ida. So good job, Japan. At number five, um, more real life news. Uh, so, okay, you remember Minority Report? Although the precogs in Minority Report, they really truly were psychic, weren't they? This is a little different. So, I don't know why this is like Minority Report. Giant freaking robot reports Minority Report is kind of coming to life, but not really. Um, thanks to updated technology, police can now use DNA to generate 
AI photographs of possible criminals and then cross-reference it in the facial recognition software. And they've done it already. In a move to solve a decades-old cold case, the uh, uh, it's the East Bay Regional Park District. It's near Oakland, California. The police department employed this advanced DNA technology to generate a 3D model of the suspect's face, but then they went ahead and released it. And this move ignited a fierce debate, a fierce debate over privacy, ethics, potential misuse. And many people call it junk science, saying it doesn't accurately render a correct image. So what do you think, Rizzo? Is this going to usher in a brave, new, safe world? Or is this a disaster in the making? I'm always skeptical when we're giving uh, these type of tools to law enforcement without, <laughs> without some laws that guide it. Um, and as, as we always know, technology is always way ahead of legislation. We're always behind because the technology comes out before they even know that they have to legislate something. Completely true. Running yes. into that with the AI stuff. They're trying, they're struggling to figure out how to manage AI and just with IP, uh, you know, with, with property. Yes, exactly. Like that. So, yeah, you know, it's always a little frightening when Big Brother gets a new tool that they can follow you, track you. But let's face it, folks, if you have a cell phone, they know everything. You're they doing. already follow us. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. You know, I just uh, don't know. I don't quite get. I mean, I should have researched. I don't quite get how they're getting a, a facial image from DNA sample. Well, I don't know. And the curious to thing me, is, that's just that's too big of a jump. I, I don't I think, feel like we're there yet. I think, yeah, I would think they would need to prove how accurate it is. And I don't um, think it's very accurate at all. Well, well, yeah. I mean, time will tell, but time will tell. I mean, there's tools, and you know, I mean, they've been using facial recognition software on cameras. Yeah, for, the, yeah, print, forever, prints so. and faces. Yes, absolutely. Which is ama- works amazingly well. It's kind of scary, actually, how well that actually works, and it's only going to get better as the AIs learn more. Um, you know, uh, they were saying like the AIs were better you know, with, with certain skin tones and others, because that's what it was fed, you know? So as things learn and they get more information, they're going to get better. And then of course, then you just get Skynet and we're all screwed. And yeah, then we have Skynet. Do you want Skynet? Because that's how you get Skynet. Skynet, right? So (laughs) anyway. All right. What are we drinking tonight as we we dive in the way, way back machine? Space Gin Smash. I thought this one very... Again, very tropical. But oh, green! It almost reminds me of a mojito without rum. Uh, so yeah, so it's got some uh, some some green apple in there, and yeah, Tangeray gin, or you could use any gin. I, I actually prefer the James May gin that I use, but that's just me. Simple syrup, green apple seed. Yeah, it's just mostly fruit. So it's mostly like gin and some, you know, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I try it. So yeah, I would try it. So why not? Anyway, uh, hey, I just want to say hi to everybody that's on Martin. And oh, lots of people and, on today. And Bill and Chris. And I think who else is in there? Alex, Jeff. Thanks, guys, for joining. If I missed you, I'm sorry. I think I got everybody. I think I see Dennis Chevalier. So, Sue. Yeah. So we are, like I said, continuing our classic sci-fi with one of probably the one of the best known of all time, which is The Day the Earth Stood Still. 1951, was clearly written to, uh, are, you, are you okay? I was singing from Rocky Horror. Anyway, go ahead. Am I interrupting you? 
No, yes, a little bit, because, you know, like <laughs> the Rocky Horror song encapsulates a whole bunch of these. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. So, of course, this came out in 1951, shortly after World War II. We're in the beginning of the Cold War. Um, so there's a lot of political messages in here. Uh, of course, yes. you guys know the basic plot. Alien comes, lands in Washington, D.C., uh, in the typical fashion, comes out and <laughs> gets shot. As you know, stupid, stupid earthlings are always quick to kill everything they don't understand. Again, another trope that we learn. So, is... yeah. So uh, he eventually goes to the hospital, escapes, wants to see what's how things are going on in Earth, learns about Earth. But basically the plot is that they've come here to say, hey, you've got rockets, you've got nuclear weapons, you could be a potential threat to other planets, although I find that kind of at this point in our science that we would be able to threaten anybody but ourselves. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, so you got to join this. Uh, we don't find out till the end, but you got to join this uh, federation for better lack of a better You're, word. Yeah. Join the federation and be under martial law. And basically but... these robots, well, but they kind of said that you could do whatever you want on your own planet and blow yourself. Yes. And we will discuss planet. this. Yes. But you just don't, you can't have any aggression against anyone else. Now, Here's the question. He actually says how far he came when they ask him, and he says about 25 250 million, miles, million. fifty million miles, which would put it about Mars. <laughs> yeah, that's not far enough. <laughs> they didn't research that well. I didn't know. Well, I don't know that. if they researched it, but a lot of people say, well, that would be Mars. Maybe he's a Martian, you know, that, that there's he a could be a Martian, but we'd know if there was a whole federation in our backyard. I would now think. we would, not in nineteen fifty one. Maybe not. 1951, all we did is Mars's telescopes. We didn't. We didn't have any. You know, nothing that went out. Yeah, that's. I suppose that's true. Remember? I don't know. Copernicus. I don't know. Copernicus. They, they, Copernicus and Galileo and those guys could see Mars. Like they, they had telescopes. They could they see had, the planet, but they couldn't see if anybody lived there. No, because they had the canals. The one, the Italian guy called it the canal. Yeah, so that's why people thought there were Martians because that's why they, th they thought there was one. Yeah, they thought there was. So anyway, um, yeah, you're Mark Jeff saying could be a Mars Mars outpost. Yeah, so I guess the, yeah, the two planets nice. that it only could possibly be if you actually take the mileage for being accurate and not them just throwing out something that sounded far um, would be Venus. I'm gonna let Mars. that little. You know, there were a couple little things. I'm gonna let them slide because this is a good movie. Yeah. No. Again, it was you have to put it in the time frame that it was, and we didn't. The average person, yeah. first heck, didn't know a lot about space. Because I mean, if you get to pick it been launched yet, so we're just well. Looking. Yes, that's true. So that's the biggest true. threat right now is nuclear war. Yes, um, that's what they're making the point about. And so you know, you really had no choice because if you don't agree to this, Gortz, the big giant robot, is going to destroy the planet. Who are the police, basically? Who's the police robot? Yes. You know, so they've given over all of their basic. I shouldn't say they're freedom, but they're under martial law essentially because these. It these is. Robots, it is martial law. That seems a little dire. The robots. The robots were at the. You know, he says that the robots. You know, have final kind of words. And like, here's know. the thing. I, well, I, here's the thing. I can't decide whether to run with your 250 thing or this other thing, but I'll go with it. Um, <laughs> He put. He says, you know, it, it's it's a um, all or nothing. Like you're you're under robotic martial law. In his line specifically, and I I have the line in my notes, um, is it's no concern of ours how you run your planet. So he didn't care what we did, but if you threaten to extend your violence, this Earth of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder. 
And I thought to myself, he's treating us like toddler, like a toddler, because only a little kid, like only little kids behave out of fear of punishment, right? As you grow older and you evolve, you behave because you just don't want to hurt other people. And I thought, my God, he's, he must really see us as immature, grossly immature. And which he does, as you watch the movie, you, they do, they see us as very immature. So of course they're going to threaten us. But then I was like, then he's like, we're all under this and it's irrevocable. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. what does that say about you? <laughs> wait a minute. Well, I guess Time what they're saying is that it's You're that, no more evolved yeah, than we it's are. Zero, it's a zero tolerance policy, but apparently the policy is only aggression against your neighbor. That's, and not, that's yes, only, yeah, he didn't care if we killed each other. Yeah, that's the only thing that they seem to care about is that you don't have aggression. So you do what you want on your planet. They won't bother you until I you. I don't feel like this is really well thought through. I feel like this could have been a little more was, involved. I think it was again. They were just trying <laughs> to make the point that you know you can you you don't have the right to to to. It's kind of a. It's almost like a detente. Like you can do this, but why they? I would have. I would have thought that they would have said, "Look, we're going to leave you alone. You don't have Proof to worry to about anything." But if you go out and do this, you're going to get blown to smithereens. Yeah, Just you're right. Know. Because we, <laughs> he knew we were going to, that we were, we had rudimentary, the word he used in the film was rudimentary. He knew we had rudimentary rocket capabilities, but he knew we weren't out there doing stuff yet. No, that's why I so thought, we weren't threatening, we weren't threatening his, anything. This was completely was preemptive. Premature. I always felt this the visit was, was premature. But yeah, well, I don't know if it's premature. It was preemptive. They were like, let's nip this well, in the butt. Like they were watching her go, look at those we idiots. We weren't anywhere near in the butt. travel, though. That's why it happened. We, yeah, we're a long way off. We're just joking. That's what I'm saying. Here we are in 2024. We're not anywhere near. And anywhere. we're still not there. Yeah. So that's know, a really good point. I hadn't thought about you that. You know what I'm saying? So, so either you take the Mars thing verbatim, because we could attack Mars. Theoretically, we could send a bomb yes. to Mars if we want. Sure, why not? At yes. this point, not 1951. But now we could. <laughs> Absolutely, now we could. Now we could. So, you know, but that's why I always thought I'm like, well, he's a little ahead of his schedule, I think, before, you know, I'd say, I would think it'd be more like, you know, like first contact. Oh, we noticed that you now have warp drive. <laughs> you know, that's why the Vulcan. Yeah, you're late. starting to reach so, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can now get this beyond was... your solar system. This um, was like looking at a wee little child and saying he's going to grow up to be Hitler and discounting the many 20 years in between. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jeff's saying we need to remember that when Clapton describes the world in his big speech, he just he's describing a dictatorship. Yeah, he probably is. I um is it though? I, because he doesn't really say anything about his politics. All they're saying is that I don't think they had he, any politics because they didn't fight. All he's saying is that this police force is there to maintain the peace between planets. That's it. And that's so it. The implication was that they don't interfere with anything else. What I'm wondering, and Chris is saying we thought there was a Mars invasion on the radio just a few years earlier. Yeah, what I'm thinking, Jeff, is that in 1951, because we had just lived through World War II, I think the message of peace by any means was better received. Nowadays, we take that message like a little more like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I think back then people were like, yeah, oh, my God, look at the dog. Can I help you? Can I help you? Baby. <laughs> she has input on this movie. She does. You just you're talking to somebody else. <laughs> All right. Can you get down? Thanks. 
Yeah, I think back then this message of peace by any means, even if it meant martial law, I think they might have been like, yeah, okay, you know what? We're down with that. But I don't know. Yeah, Nowadays, again, it's, it's, it's a product it's of its time. It's, it's it is very much a product of its time. In two ways. One is the political, sociopolitical aspect of it with the Cold War and nuclear arms and, and all that coming out of World War II just before Korea, I believe. Yeah. So... You know, but the other aspect is this is the early 1950s when a lot of sci-fi stuff started coming out. These, these, and uh, you know, and a lot of these bad sci-fi. Some of them were bad. Some of them were good. This was a particularly good one, as we know. A few years later, we get Forbidden Planet, another good one. But there were some really, you know, bad ones in there. Cheesy ones, I should say. But they were fun, like oh, giant ants crawling across the we land. Were, That's we fun. were going, yeah, we were transitioning to that space age type stuff, and. And aliens and stuff were becoming the kind of the more of the rage, if you will. So, so you kind of have this two parts to this story, you know what I'm saying, or this movie as to why mm. I think it, mm. it's a product of its time. But it's still an excellent story, and I think it's, it's a, a very it's a, it is, yeah. story. And I think it, it the message I think is, you know, uh, again the the acting out of fear, shooting, he pulling out the whatever it was the. He had just was, said, I I mean you no harm, I come in peace. Pow. Right. Oh, he's pulling, pulls, the, he's pulling out the he thing was pulling and he points out the, it at him. And yeah. he points it at him. Now, to me, that's that, just, whoever, whoever fired that, that shot should be court-martialed. Honestly, God. That paints us. Like, that was deliberate to paint humanity. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is how you people are. But, I mean, every I time we have a, an alien invasion Someone always story, kills me. Right? <laughs> Every time you have oh, a like even, modern day, you're right. Even in Independence Day, they were on the remember on Independence Day, there's a newscast and they're saying, Don't fire your weapons at the visitors. Oh, always, but it's always the military or something that's surrounded. <laughs> they always end up, you know, we got to just blow them up. Just blow them yeah, up. We're just going to blow, really them, up. blow yeah. them up. I want to find out what they yeah. want. Blow them up. It's nougat, nougat, you know, yeah. Nougat, nougat, nougat. So, uh, you know, it's kind of always that military is always, in fact, it's interesting. The army didn't want to participate in this movie. <laughs> Because the army was shown in a bad yes. light. Yes. They went to the, which yes. is the funny part. They went to the National Guard. The National Guard was like, yeah, we're fine with it. Yeah, the National Guard, they were totally fine with this. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. So, Bill is yeah. saying the atom bomb played a big part in the message. Yeah. I, I have to, I got to give credit to you, Rizzo, and to all of our viewers who got the, who got Klaatu's message correct. Because as I did my research for this, I was stunned to hear people getting his message completely wrong like so many people think his message was just for us to not fight with each other no 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 no, no. They, don't, they, didn't care. they also thought well here's what this is what bill is talking about um they also thought his message was anti-atomics no it wasn't he was okay with us having atomic energy yeah he said he, he just didn't want us to have atomic says that to Bobby. he says it has much more many uses you know, yes like, yeah. exactly but he said exactly atomic powered you know. Yes. So. Hola, Pablo from Mexico is reminding us that idiots were shooting at the Chinese weather balloon. <laughs> and then we did shoot it down. Shot it down. But that's different. That's kind of different. The but yes, are. no, he wasn't anti, anti-atomic energy. He was just oh. anti-atomic. No, it was, it was, it, it was clearly a, a, an anti-war message in general. Yeah. And it I was think an anti-fighting was, I mean, if you could take, let's say, <laughs> instead of this looking this on a galactic scale or interstellar scale and just looking at Earth, that if we created a race of these robots that police just Earth and kept countries from attacking each other. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the same kind of thing, just 
picture it on a larger scale. But within exactly. countries, we don't care what you do. You know, his you know what kind of kind of had me chuckling. His message, he's basically like, "You idiots, you're fighting with each other so much. You're not, you know, how are you ever going to get along with others? You know, other species and other races in the universe." So, but which is kind of very much the same as you know, humans. If you can't get along with each other, you're mad at each other because you have different skin tones or whatever. How are you ever going to deal with true right. aliens if they ever come? Absolutely. How how are you, you? You want to do Star Trek? You're never gonna get along with other species and do Star Trek. You're not. You can't get along and with we your have, we have neighbor of a different far. nationality. Here we are. What are we? Kind of seventy something years later, we're not really any much. And we're not. Oh no, no, we haven't. We've not really. <laughs> we haven't really gotten, improved much at all. So, so true. So so I mean, true. So yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I always I've always joked about that. As much as I love Star Trek and I, I would love Roddenberry's vision to be a reality, I don't think we're gonna be there anywhere near there in 300 years. That's just my not I, my, no. my theory is that man will still be assholes in 300 years. Not right now. Although they no, say I mean, sometimes that there's this great Star disintegration Trek before this big bursts forward. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I hope that's what's happening. happening. <clears throat> Dr. Alexander saying even yep. in the 50s, nuclear propulsion was thought of which would definitely prove for the better and faster. Yeah, I mean, we have nuclear power submarines. We just don't have nuclear powered jets. So I don't know if we have jets. Yeah, Jeff, I did. Why, as I said at the top of the show, I did watch that one. They changed the message from uh, atomics to climate, uh, just environmental uh, stuff. This is why it, I did not watch it. Because they always have to try to, and I know I didn't I still think, hate you know, it. I don't. I, I think you could have easily adapted <laughs> the same exact story to a modern without changing the basic premise in the fact that we still have very very powerful weapons. Mm -hmm. We have certainly have ways to get them out into space, not interstellar, but like you said, mm -hmm. we could send a bomb to Mars if we wanted. Sure. To. <laughs> So, you know, I think you could you could kind of keep it, you know, and I, I would say to me, if I was rewriting this, I would say, again, I would say we're, we reached somehow we did fast, we, we hit the faster than light uh, barrier, so to speak, that we somehow were able to travel, you know, super luminary or whatever to get to another solar system in a reasonable yeah. amount. Then I think it would trigger the the visit. From, yeah, from claw two, you know. So that's me if I was going to write it, and I think it would still work. But we aren't. Uh, we're not talking about the 2008. But I will say they pulled a lot from the 1951 version. They uh, the, the whole blackboard scene was pretty much intact. I mean, they really pulled a lot. They just changed. Enough, All right, back to the main show. Is a real formula that that's actually a real yes, problem. yes, it is. It's a real formula, and, and I wrote that in my notes too. Actually, look like and and that guy that plays the scientist, he's actually was a math like a math teacher and a math. Teacher. Yes, he was. Sam Jaffe so he, was yeah, a mathematician. He, was, he knew uh, he got caught up in the McCarthyism there for a little bit. Um, yes, that era because but anyway, regardless, so he wasn't able to work for like ten years after this. Which is too um, bad. But uh, but he did come back because he was very popular. If you look at his his uh, his history, he's done a ton of stuff. I know. Yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. Like yeah, Buck Rogers, and like he always plays the same kind of crazy scientist guy because he's got that hair. Yes, yeah, he's a little bit Einsteinish. Uh, this right. is curlier. Yeah. So is based on Farewell to the Master by Henry Bates. Um, 
It was selected in 1995 to, for preservation in the United States National Film Registry as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Can we talk for two minutes about the effects of this thing? They actually still look, some of them, so good. Some of them were dated. Some of them were like, oh, okay, yeah. But some of them still looked so good. Uh, they, like, there was a scene with Bobby and Klaatu in the park or something. And I legit thought they were outside. And then I found out, oh, no, no, that was all rear, like, rear projection. Yeah, they they were all the Washington scenes when he's touring was, Washington, that was all rear projection. They just had a second unit. all rear projection. They did send second know. unit with, with stand-ins to get some long shots. Yeah. But anytime you actually saw the actors, it was yeah, all no, rear was, projection. Yeah, and it was lit perfectly. Like, it was perfection in the lighting. Yeah. Even when they, the way they did the ship, because, you know, it didn't have any, like, the snow seams, and then it would open. Yes, the tell how they did that because I they literally covered the seam. They covered the seam with putty, and then yes, the door and would painted, open. It painted it the would putty. Literally, just tear the putty as it opened, so it looked like it was creating the seam. And then the way they did the closing was, well, you've fairly figured it out. They just reversed the film. <laughs> Is that not genius? I mean, it's very. When I heard that, I was like, oh my god. But it does. It still works, and and of course, yeah. the poor guy that was in the Gort costume could only be in there for months. Yes, that his name was he's Locke. He's a very pale man. Apparently, he's tall, but very yes. frail. He couldn't. His fact, name was Locke. Carry, yeah, he, he, yeah, he couldn't carry her. He was yeah, seven like, foot seven. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, they had multiple costumes for him be, uh, because he, you're right. He was frail and it was very hard for him to stand in the costume. And he was trying to stand very still in the costume and was like involuntarily twitching. And I believe you actually can see the robot's arm move in one scene, of the shots. Right. In the final scene yeah. where he was giving the speech, uh, you yeah. can see his arm twitch. He didn't mean but, it. Yeah. He there were different yeah. costumes for how they shot him. So like when they, Shot him from, from the, the front. front. He was, was laced up laces. in the back. They yeah, they had laces in different places on different. And if they shot him from the back, they laced yeah. him up and in the, the front. Was 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 and it was a ro remote controlled like they had. Yeah, the head actually his face, guys, because the shoulders of the costume came up to about here, and that meant the neck of the costume went to about here, which put the head of the costume. You can't even see my hands yeah. way up here. So his head is actually in the neck. And so they had uh, prisms that were, that actually projected little images on inside for him, yeah, but he couldn't to do much. really he see. He a lot. Yeah, he didn't have to do much. This and the, and you're right. He was frail. He could not actually carry um, Helen. I can't think of Helen's name. Patricia Neal. Patricia yeah. Neal. So that was a stand-in, or they used like uh, she was on. Well, a they used rig. the wires to hold his arms, help him hold her. Yeah, that's where you actually see her. But then when he's walking away, it's a dummy. Um, yeah, same thing when he's and, carrying, you, and you can kind of tell, but you know, who cares? same thing. Um, yeah. and this is you know what's really fascinating for a science fiction movie. Well, except for the, the interior shots of the ship, this was like completely normal America. Like, you know, they're in the house, they're in the town, the city. Yeah, yeah, not I a mean, lot of science fiction. -y. No, no. The, Although so the inside of the ship was cool, yeah, I that thought was after, they that after an office set up from a uh, very famous I can't think of his name. Oh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah, Frank Lloyd Wright. I, I bet for folks in the 1950s, seeing the motion sensor because he would just wave his hands across stuff, and I bet for people that, that was like the coolest thing. And now we have lots of motion. We sensors. have some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The interior <laughs> you know? of the ship was pretty good. I mean, I want to, I want to talk about Gort a little bit more as a, as a character, because he was really, 
quite intimidating. I think for if you saw that in 1951, I bet you he was pretty scary. Because nothing came up and then the eye glowed and you knew something yeah. bad was gonna happen. And of course, we of course, you know, who we've seen that we've seen Cylons with the single red eye, you know what I'm saying? That kind of again became a trope, and I'm sure it started here, you know, with that one thing coming up. And you know, you notice he has very uh fine control. He could either zap the guns out of your hand with no injury to you, destroy a tank, or kill you outright. Yes, he had, he had the ability to do all three, so he clearly was. But I mean, the size of him, and clearly they couldn't even touch him. I mean, like he was, which I thought that was the only silly part I didn't like about the movie was that we encased him in this plastic or whatever that's impenetrable, stronger than steel, whatever it was. That was kind of that was like the one part that I was, was like, kind of like, oh, that was stupid. I don't know why. It's just like you know he's gonna break out of that. I would have rather see break him out of that. walk out of it like it didn't even slow him down. Or just yeah. rather than do the but whole I, yeah. thing. I would have rather had yeah. it just break and be like, yeah, I'm walking. Up. You, this is. Or I kind of just wanted his eye to light up and just he'd burn just, and burn himself a whole hour or something. Like, yeah, whatever. I mean, clearly they made it so uh, yeah, Martin saying transparent aluminum. Uh, probably yeah. what it was supposed to be. Bill says my parents saw it in the movies and were really scared. And Chris is saying the music really sold it. I am going to touch on the music in a little bit, but I just want well, to finish we, up with these our effects. Our good old was used, of course, in a lot well, of Well, okay. I'll touch on the music now. <laughs> um, and classic Ross Amigo uh, from Roy's Tide of Sci-Fi would probably be better person to talk about this. But yes, it was not the first use of the theremin, but it was put to very good. It was put to its best use, creating... Uh, well, uh, eerie, can I say eerie or scary atmospheres? Um, the score was composed by Bernard Herrmann and he did some very interesting things. He used an electric violin, an electric cello, an electric bass, two theremins, and then some weird stuff like glockenspiels and various other things. Um, he also did stuff like he'd overdub, like he'd record a track and then record another track over it, making it making these like levels of sounds. And he would do tape reversal, so he would play record something and then play it back backwards and record it. And in this way, he made some of the earliest forays into electronic music. So this is one of the earliest electronic scores. Honestly, you guys, when I was watching the movie, it didn't jump out at me as being like weird or different or anything, but it worked. Like it absolutely yeah, worked. Really well. It, yeah. It, and everyone says that the theremin is what scared people the most in theaters. It does have that eerie, very eerie sound quality to now it. We, now that they keep using it for that, of course, it's more. Yeah, so now we're, it's overused, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you were and uh, let's talk about our director is Robert Wise. You guys know Robert Wise really, really well. He did that Sound of Music, West Side Story, Andromeda Strain, and of course, Star Trek, Star the, motion Trek the Motion Picture. <laughs> How could we not mention it? Uh, and he did some really, really smart stuff with the film, and I think it being in black and white because right around then movies were starting to come out in color. Color was. I know I talked about yeah, the Wizard yeah. of Oz last well, week. I know, right? and then and then it really well, then Forbidden Planet came out what four years later it's, in color. It is still yeah, um, but it being in black and white kind of hides a multitude of sins. And Robert Wise did some really smart things in this movie, and it's just. I think in anyone else's hands, it would have been another forgettable B fifties movie that we never thought about or talked about again. I really do. I think Robert Wise is kind of what made this I think the memorable movie that we all love. Story, I think, is what made it. It it 
I watched it and I've seen it several times. I remember seeing this as a kid on, you know, afternoon theater or whatever. I remember I saw it. I must have been in elementary school age when I first saw it. And it still holds my interest, even though it's dated in many ways, of course. It is. But but it still holds your interest. It's still a good story. Um, and it's just full, of course, science fiction tropes that, like I said, we keep seeing over and over again, uh, you know, military it is but it was also the first like it was the first to have an alien taking human form and like walking around our capital city like before that the aliens were weird aliens and they were on their spaceships you know what i mean it it was a it was a lot it was the first to do a lot of it was a very different kind of sci-fi movie for its era i think right it wasn't a campy uh, you know laser beam you know that kind of it was it had a message and i think that's why i think it had a message that resonated with the time yeah and i think that made it probably as popular as it was is that it yes it really fit and we knew that yes. hollywood even up to star trek time would just oh we want to make a political statement but we can't we can't use russians i, and we do, I do have all those talk a lot yeah exactly we can't thing, do but we make them aliens but and it's okay we can have klingons yeah, yeah. Um, what was I sorry to say oh the other thing that Robert Wise did that I really 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 I personally appreciated because I don't like religion in my movies uh, there was a whole bunch of Christianity symbolism but it is low key and subtle like, well, you, whole, unless you're you looking know, for it the whole his name Carpenter his name it's is Carpenter not, he comes in peace he's died he's, he's resurrected but, you know, there's all kinds of Jesus references and there. he may or may not come again and there's yeah. some subtle hymnal strains to the soundtrack in a few points um but I'm glad that that's subtle if you're into that stuff knock yourselves up you don't care ignore it and just enjoy it as sci-fi and I I like that I like that a lot I don't no, like again, I mean I like that it's subtle, subtle enough, enough and it really the only reason I, I had it was when I did reading about it that it, it didn't even occur to me that Carpenter was yeah a lady. JC he's, hey man he's JC yeah <laughs> JC was a Carpenter but I do see the parallels once it was mentioned I'm like oh yeah there are a lot of parallels in the story isn't there he's like a, he comes you know and he says here's the deal and then you know yeah. obviously more advanced than you and then he gets killed he comes back to life Although he did imply that his life was not necessarily because he said this machine can bring us back for a short time. Well, he had to do that because the Motion Picture Association, remember the critics who were going to give it like its rating, they did not like that whole resurrection thing. They were like, no, 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 no. They had to add that line. They had to add it. He, the line that he had is like, no, that's only up. Uh, she goes, are you back permanently? And he says, no, that's up to the Almighty Spirit. And I don't think that was in the original script. I don't remember him saying that. I just remember him saying that oh, God, only yeah. for a short time. Yeah, he did. He says for a short time. And then right after that, she says something uh, like, well, does do the robots have the power over life and death? And he said, no, that's up to the almighty spirit. And I just, right there, I checked out because I don't like Again, we're getting stuff, into but. that. It's that anti-communism era, McCarthyism. So they're very, very, they were very careful, I think, to not uh, step over that line. And look like, oh no, you're not, you know. Yeah, weird, godless. Yeah, you're godless, yeah. exactly. So, uh, you know, and again, get politics into our show, but these things haven't changed much. 
No, nothing has changed. <laughs> Bill is saying that Patricia said she didn't really understand it, but she did it because she was friends with Robert Weiss. She did do a yeah. bunch of movies for Robert Weiss. Uh, she, I did see the interview of her saying she did not understand the words Klaatu Barada Nikto. And so she was saying them and giggling, and Michael Rennie was like, is that how you're going to do it? Like, is that how you're going to deliver the line? She's like, no, no, I'll get it together, I promise. Is, but she kept laughing. Um, little tiny plot issues you mentioned, because this is not a perfect movie, but that's okay. We still love it anyway. You mentioned the 250 million miles is really only Mars. Why did he borrow the flashlight? He just flew 250 million miles in a spaceship. Didn't have flashlight. Did Why did he borrow a flashlight? Did well, he not have any technology? He didn't have anything with him. And they shot the other one in his hand. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> And I did you notice? It was just a reason, I think, to make Bobby have a reason to follow him. Yeah, I got yeah. It just gave Bobby, him that yeah. why because he saw, oh, he said, What do you need it for? He said, oh, I got a light out in my room. And then he sees him with the light on in the room and then leaving the room. And of course, made the kid curious yeah. and follows him. So yeah. I was not overly impressed with Helen as a mother. A eh? uh he the stranger complete and total stranger it was like yeah i'll watch your kid she's like okay well, again, you're implying you're you're applying 2024 i know i know, and, I know. and attitudes to 1951 that really bugged me but they had just but the thing is they had just got done perfect. saying how scared they were that this alien was running around town true and this guy you know up like you think i don't know but you and know later really, on, you remember he had the helmet on when he came out of the ship Oh yeah, and you he had see a helmet on, so nobody saw his face. Yeah, and so nobody from the only people that saw his face were the ones at Walter Reed. Yes. So, so they. I understand they all knew, that. They didn't. So, assuming that they thought he must have looked like you say the the tentacled alien or something, they didn't know what he looked like. So, yeah. um, you know, why would you necessarily suspect this guy that shows up? And it's probably he was at a, a obviously like a like a bed and breakfasty type. Or, yeah, it was or, a boarding house. You know, like yeah. a boarding house. So it wasn't too bad. But you're right. I mean, she was a little too friendly. That too That friendly. is purely 2024 yeah. talking there. Yeah. She doesn't listen to the kid. The kid comes back and says, yeah, I was just out. And he did this and he did that. She's like, you dreamt it. No, yeah, no, I mean, you dreamt that. Why are your shoes wet? Oh, but you dreamt it. <laughs> that well, bothered me so much. When you said that, that's when she kind of questioned herself. Yeah, she kind of starts waking that, up. That was right at the end of that whole that whole scene. And she's like, why are your shoes? All well, the grass is wet. Yeah. And then she's the kind of thing, like, oh, maybe the, he was. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he was telling the truth. The other thing that they did was they used the word unprecedented. He says, I need for all your leaders to convene so I can give them my message. And whoever, the president's secretary or whoever he was talking to was like, no, no, that's unprecedented. We'd never do that. A spaceship has just landed and an alien has gotten out. That's unprecedented. Well, really? you know, like, think about it, though, with all the way the suspicions are Russians or whatever name name of freaking country there. There could be. That was his point. He yeah, didn't want anybody the to feel that, that the other one had a leg up on the other ones. Yeah, that's so a good point. Where there was that's a lot, there a could be a lot of tension um, with that. You know what I'm saying? And nobody trusting anybody and. So yeah, I guess I can. The UN would have been his best bet at that point. At that point in time, um, but again, it wouldn't co didn't cover every country. Every country still isn't a member of the. There is no place where you're going to get every leader of every country. In That's one true. Country. 
It's just not going to. So the secretary was pretty much on point with that one. Yeah, he might have been right. Man, this is this. So what he done? Because you know he probably had the technology. Is just gone and fly and broadcast this stuff. Got up in a spaceship and broadcast it on everything. Yeah, right. Like why didn't he? If he could shut down the power all over the planet, why couldn't he broadcast to the planet? He was because he had enough sophistication to set up this power killing system that it didn't affect hospitals and it didn't affect or maybe not airplanes. Yeah, no, he said that. Well, it didn't affect, they said that specifically, didn't affect hospitals and didn't click aircraft in flight. So very he couldn't broadcast. targeted. So if he had that oh, level of technology, I think he could have broken into our radio station. Do, do these little things mar the film for me? No, no, no of course not. But I laugh at them. I will laugh they at are, them. They are slight holes in the plot. Yes, Bill, she had a hot date. Get any babysitter. Yeah. And Jeff's like, nothing like mom gaslighting you. So true. Yes, Christopher LaRoche, Aunt B was in the movie. We will go over the cast. And I do want to do all roads because I got roads. I got stuff. We could talk um, about this. Much. Of course, Michael Rennie was, well, he was an unknown actor at the time. They wanted, I think, uh, Spencer Gracie, was it? Yeah, or Claude Rains. And Claude Rains. And, uh, and this was something else that Robert Wise did that was smart. He, he said no. He said no because he didn't want a known actor because people would have preconceived of how it's supposed to be. Exactly. So, and I think, I think Michael Rennie did a very good job in this. I think he came across and playing the character. He was very kind of stoic. Yeah, he kind of. He was so good, though he did. You could kind of read into some of his. You could kind of read into yeah. much better than Keanu. Keanu was wood, like wood in his. But Michael Rennie, you felt like they were undercurrents. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and then they didn't. He's not a robot. You know what I'm saying? He's still essentially a human. In other words, he has yeah, yeah, he is still. Anybody. Yeah, he has concerns. Human. He's just kind of looking. He's saying he's looking down on us like like children, like. All right, let yeah. me find out what yeah. the society's dealing with or something. Maybe I can understand what your issues are better. Yeah. So he tried, but it didn't. So, so then, Michael Rennie, he we got to see him in Lost in Space, a couple of yeah, episodes of Lost he was in a, Space. The, a the, later. the keeper or something. I think he played. Or something. Yeah. All right. Let me let me see what I have here for all roads. Uh Pike is watching this very movie in his house at the beginning of Strange New World. When when his girlfriend comes at do you remember the very beginning, the first episode? I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this film definitely informed a lot of Star Trek. It was supposedly one of Gene Roddenberry's favorites. Many reviewers that I was watching said that it felt like an original series episode, and it kind of did. I think. Like an extended original series episode in a, in a way. Yeah. Of course. You could see that. Yeah, our largest road is, of course, Robert Wise, the director who did go on to direct, um, nope, that one, uh, uh, Star Trek, the motion picture. We also had Lawrence Dobkin. He directed uh, a Star Trek original series episode called Charlie X and guest starred in a next gen episode called The Mind's Eye. He is one of the doctors. He's the doctor reading the X-ray, looking at the X-ray. That's who that is. Uh, we had Reginald Singh, who guest starred in Court Martial. He was just a random scientific delegate in the film. And I think he is who we see in Strange New Worlds. I think. I'm not sure. Um, Klaatu's words. Could Klaatu's words be a very primitive prime directive? Well, there's some that it's Hindi. 
there's some that that's actually driven in that it meant uh Klaatu is near or something if you actually translate it if you want to say that of course the this the, the phrase went on to and it became probably the most famous part and i and i will talk i have more i have a lot more yeah yeah so you know uh of course my favorite reference is still in army of darkness yeah of course <laughs> um commander charles tucker had the film showed on movie night in the episode catwalk he also showed the the film to a vision 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 and I wish I could tell you what episode. Oh, I can tell you what episode. Yeah, the episode Congenitor, Enterprise yep. Congenitor. Congenitor. Um, and and the and the the, the the alien inquired. He's like, why are humans are reacting like this? And he's like, yeah, humans were kind of violent back then. Um, Rennie, I said Rennie was lost in space. Uh, George Lucas loved this and named the bounty hunters on uh, in not Return of the Jedi. In the Empire Strikes Back, right? That's where we see him. He named them Klaatu and Barada Nikto. Right? The bounty hunters? Mm-hmm. There's, I don't, um, okay. I think there were bounty hunters. Oh, yeah, Klaatu oh, okay. you had Boss, you had IG-88. Well, yeah. Um, Klaatu is part, not Klaatu, but they, he says he's part of a big interstellar alliance. This is kind of like a Jedi. federation. So this is so him coming here, or him coming here, him coming to Earth is very much a first contact situation. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say it doesn't go too well. No, it doesn't. No, again, because of somebody with a twitchy trigger finger, and again, we just immediately want to kill whatever we don't of understand. Um, they have analyzed Klaatu Bradito. You think it's Hindi? I don't know. The, the script oh, no, writer that said it was not. I read that. that, that oh, people, okay. I don't. Think I just it was. think it's nonsense they, words that they came up with. I, I think the know. script writer pretty much said it was just whatever he thought sounded good. What does it really translate to? Some people say it's as simple as abort mission, and some think it's more complicated. Like I've been died, I've died, or I've been injured. Please repair me and don't retaliate. I don't know. We don't know. It doesn't matter. It really does it really matter does, what, what the it words doesn't mean. Really matter what it means to me. It was more like stand down. More like stand down. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, but obviously we don't know their language, so we don't know how complicated that phrase means. Obviously, Klaus is true. Name. We do hear him speaking a little bit more of his language, and it does sound pretty. You hear Klaus do a, a lot, so he's saying his own name, which is weird. Right? Because Klaatu is his name. He says his name is Klaatu. I don't know. Elsewhere in the cast, we did mention Patricia Neal. She would go on to win an Oscar for Breakfast at Tiffany's. The newsmen, uh, Elmer Davis and Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson. Yeah, they are all real, real, real newsmen. They still do that today. You watch movies. Yeah, they still still pull local got local people and national people to, to do stuff to make it look more realistic i guess yeah yeah i always get a kick when they do that yeah. i'm sure they get a kick out of doing it so oh and the score i should mention also not just michael rennie runs in lost in space they did use the title theme in the pilot episode of lost in space and they also used the music in um vo- the tv show vo- or Voyage to the bottom of the sea. Yeah. There's actually so the opening scene where the ship's landing. You know, we should see that thing. They used that, uh, I believe, in um, the uh, Twilight Zone episode to serve man. 
Oh, really? They reuse that clip. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, but getting, but how many, that's again, to me, the most famous, you're talking about the phrase. Most people have heard Klaatu Barat at Nicktoo, even if oh, they God. I think it was on the monkeys, even. Yeah, they've used it in so many things. Like I said, my favorite reference has always been Army of Darkness, where <laughs> he has to say the words to keep the Necronomicon closed and the, the, the dead doesn't rise. And, of course, he can't gets the last word wrong. Klaatu Barat, he gets kind of. I almost I said most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff has told me it was Jedi. It was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Not not yeah. Um, Jedi, I guess. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's clearly it's become it's become one of those those tropes. It's just, everybody knows. That's it. just it's around. Yeah, okay. it's around. So you Klaatu know, kicked the bucket. Jeff thinks it's Klaatu kicked the bucket. Maybe it was. I don't. Maybe it was. Come save me. You know, we're Maybe assuming that. Save me. You know, a lot of languages put the the prop, you know, reverse things. So it could be "Come save Klaatu." <laughs> yeah, maybe. Come save Klaatu. Yeah. Um, talking about Hugh Marlowe, I guess you know he plays kind of the uh, the the sleazy kind of boyfriend. He, of course, we find out he's an insurance salesman, so that should tell you enough right there. Sorry, Paul. Yes, and he Anybody would go on the in. Are in another sci-fi yeah, movie, two other and... movies where he's the hero. So yeah, he's the hero. In that, so we talked about Sam Jaffe. Uh, you know, if you if you see this guy, you know you've seen him in tons of stuff, and he always plays kind yeah. of that. I think yes. I think the the um, yeah, the, what was the <laughs> reference you called him? The uh, Einsteiny. Einstein you know, he's got the hair, the wild Einstein. hair. Like yeah, so the 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 wild professor, you know the the mad professor, not unlike Professor Brown in Back to the Future, like any right, mad scientist wild hair, yeah. with the wild hair. That means he's very very smart, but maybe a little eccentric, and that's okay. We can roll with that. Martin and, is saying Earth is definitely not mostly harmless. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, the, of course that's from didn't from, go well. Yeah. Bill's asking me how. I feel. Yeah, I feel great, but I do still have the cough. Whatever it was, it's lingering, but I feel fine otherwise. Sorry, I apologize for coughing throughout the broadcast tonight um yeah so i don't know francis bobbier who was of course on b on the andy griffin yes show. yes that was the other thing i wanted to mention we I did get to see say, her voice right? is one of the most irritating i've ever heard <laughs> does she and i don't remember Aunt b really clearly I, does she always kind of play sort of a karen kind of i don't remember <laughs> i can't you know i used to watch andy griffin but i don't remember her being but she just the voice is always to be this grinding condescending shut the hell up please yeah <laughs> yes so i don't know I but if you're, if you're a fan, sorry but she's just yeah just not a fan of her uh voice <laughs> but the rest of the cast i don't think billy gray went on who was the boy i uh, went on to do some stuff but nothing I tiny think. tiny <laughs> side note he was nine or ten when he filmed that and patricia neal was like Somewhere between 22 and 25. So if they were real mother son, she would have had him when she was like 12 yeah. to 15. Well, obviously <laughs> she plays, I gotta tell you, I didn't get to like, yeah. she plays old. Like she read and she sounded I old. She was in her 30s. I would have put her in her 30s too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so she did so good on her for that. So, oh, uh, really great. Did Father's Knows Best. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, he did stuff in that area, you know. But anyway, we're getting near the end of the hour, so I don't want to go. We're getting near the end. Guys. Missed. Um, 
gosh. Is this, so this is a fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you overlook, is anybody who is watching us not seeing this? God, I hope not. I assume everybody has. If I you hope you've all seen it. And if you haven't, you know, guys, it's only an hour and a half, and it's really entertaining. Like, if nothing else, it's a wonderful little like like view hole into the yeah. nineteen into nineteen fifty one. Nineteen fifty one. You know, we're see talking what we were like know, back then. five or yeah. six years after the Second World War ended. You know, yeah. Think about what was five, six years ago now. Nothing, you know, don't look so, you know, technically the war was just still, we're still looking at our wounds, so to speak, from the, from the Second World War. So very much so, yeah. um, you know, and, and the fact that nuclear power, nuclear weaponry is so, it's already a big fear, you know, um, and I think that's, that's what drives this movie is that this, and of course we have communist Russia is now, um, Soviet Union and and they have weapons of, and yeah I think it's 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 a, it's a testament to the fear of the fifties that we that a lot of people grew up with um, bomb shelters that sort of thing so yeah. I think clearly directed at that nineteen fifty one my mother would have been nine oh my mother would have been built the kid's age Bobby's age yeah to me even if you look at it through that lens like this is what my parents you know how they saw my the world dad was back sixteen then. when this movie came out. So, you know, um, you know, this Chris is says all these years still makes you think, yeah, it really does. It does make you think. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes you, what it's it makes, nothing's think changing. That, nothing's what makes changing. me always think is that we haven't come at all in, in, in you know, we have not matured. I mean, we have not evolved three years or whenever this, how long it's been. We have, I, I would, I, if aliens showed up now and said basically the same message as Klaatu, like you people are screwed up, don't you be bringing that screwed up out into space? I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I would not I be surprised at all. Yep, that's the, that's all they're saying. Do what you want, obliterate yourselves. We don't care. Yeah, you knock yourselves up, but don't you dare come play with us. Just just stay, just stay home. <laughs> so. Anyway, so that's obviously right. our, 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 our take on this film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Mary Beth says, don't bother with the Keanu Reeves version. I probably would agree with yeah, that. If you want to see it, sure. But I no. mean, if you want to compare. If you want to see it just to see the parts from the original that they pulled in, you know, where they did pull stuff, that's kind of fun. But eh, the rest of it, man. Uh, Roy is doing Coma. Do you guys remember that? It was a Robin I, uh, Cook yeah, novel. I'd forgotten about that film until I saw him post that. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this was a big deal. Yeah, it was I a big deal. Yeah. And Phil, tomorrow he'll be talking uh, Joe Denison from the rock band Kansas on Thursday. That's and cool. then Friday night, big night on WUSB. He will have uh, myself, Rizzo, uh, Colleen Bennett, Paul Levinson, and am I forgetting anybody? It might be. I, I thought he was going to bring maybe his, his nephew or something. Oh, yeah, his nephew or somebody, yeah. Oh. Uh, We're going to have a big conversation about For All Mankind. So tune in to WUSB Stony Brook. It's streaming. You can Google it and find it and yep. uh, check you that out Friday night at 9 p.m. Ask your Amazon device to play it. Or ask your Amazon device to play. Rizzo, can you update us on what we're doing next so week? So next week we have to cancel because I have a, a family issue. I need to run to Connecticut too. So I will not be around next week. So unfortunately we were but, supposed to do, I know we promised you guys we were going to do 
um, Forbidden Planet, <laughs> but we're going to push that out at least a week and then we'll see where we go. Do you guys like, do you want us to continue with classic sci-fi stuff? Or do you want us to leave that to Roy and us change focus? That a little bit. So I had some maybe thinking of uh, sci-fi movies we hate to love. Those are those ones that we end up that are very bad, but we end up watching them anyway. So <laughs> there's we know so they're many horrible and we know they're bad. And movies. we've, we've kind of touched on this topic before, but it's so worth doing it again because there's so many. <laughs> yeah. A lot of a lot of votes for more classic stuff. So nope, oh, Dennis and Dennis and Chris and Bill are all saying classic, classic, classic. Yeah, so yeah. we'll probably carry that through February because we're skipping next week. Um, and then we'll maybe March we'll do uh, movies. We, we did. Love. We already it's did Play Nine, fun. Martin. Um, or no, did we do Play Nine with Roy? Or did nine. we do Play we Nine? Did, we did Ed Wood. Oh, we did Ed Wood. Oh, what was I thinking? Yes, we Which did. Was a great, which is a great movie if you've never seen it. I highly yes. recommend. But we can do Plan Nine. That would be on our movies that we love to hate. Um, Absolutely. So uh, that would definitely be a, one of them. I have one in mind. I think Mary Beth has a couple. Yes. Um, one of them. One of them would be mine. Would be would be uh, Starship Troopers, which I know maybe people. Oh, like, oh God, that's a great it's a horrible, choice. I think it's a horrible movie, but it's one of you tend to watch. So. Yeah, when it's on, you just you're watching it. Everyone is saying more classic, more guys. Classic we will, will, we like Rizzo said, yeah. we will be off next week. But when we return, we will absolutely do Forbidden so Planet. When we come back in two weeks, we'll, do, we'll go we from do Forbidden Planet, and then from there, I don't know what we'll come up with. But give us some ideas. What do you guys want? I mean, somebody threw out Plan Nine. We should do some Harryhausen, like we should, like uh, doing Metropolis. Made me think we should well, do some yeah, of the. Jason the Argonauts, um, any maybe of the, the old um, King Kong or the old Frankenstein or, or oh, the, Jason the Argonauts, yeah, or 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 Sinbad. Or Sinbad, yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll come All up right. with something. So, until then, we will see you in a couple weeks, guys. Stay safe, live long and prosper, and may the force be with you always.